to the A&M Show. I'm Miles Davis alongside Andre Monroe. Andre, how's it going today? I'm doing good. Coming off Eagles win, so you know that's always good. And tomorrow we have an Eagles game, so it's always good yeah. to, have, to have the um, day before we're recording any, for an Eagles game. But today is September 14th, of course, and we'll be talking about the Eagles versus Falcons preview since it is Saturday, college football day, by the way. But we can start with that. We can start with the Eagles and Falcons. Um, who do you think? Who do you think will win this game, and who do you think will perform well? So I was recently going over my predictions with um, another one of someone on Sportscaster, Max Forsenstein, great guy. You should really check out his page. Doing a lot of great stuff, just yep. like you, Andre. Yeah. I know. Um, but I think, and I talked with him about it, and we had to think that the Falcons. The Falcons didn't look so too hot against the Minnesota Vikings, and even though it's a home game, I think that just what there's no rust for the Eagles, and I think that that's going to really propel them, especially in the first half. And I feel like that is going to be the decider of how the game goes, because if the first half goes well for the Eagles, I think they will be able to finish it off in the second half, and that's why I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles will be starting off the season two and zero against the Atlanta Falcons. How about you? All right, before I say anything, I just want to start by saying that you were right last week when you predicted that the Eagles would start off slow, Carson Wentz would start off slow, and they did it. And it was kind of scary. Once they were down 17-0, to it was kind of scary. I was really – I didn't, had not, I never doubted that they would lose, that they would win, actually. But it was scary when they were down 17-0. to But you were right. They did start off slow. But in the second half, they came back, and Deshaun Jackson with two um, 50-plus yards touchdowns. It really encouraged me about this team. But the factor, the key factor for this game is going to be if the Eagles can start off fast because they can't afford to start off slow against a team like the Falcons. They can start, they can afford to start off slow against the Redskins, but they can't afford to start off slow against the Falcons. And also, what also scares me is the secondary because that's Eagles secondary. They let Paul Richardson, Case Keenum, and a bunch of other nameless wide receivers do that to them, like just burn them for I think it was a deep touchdown. That Brian Davis touchdown, they let the Redskins do that to them. So imagine what Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu, and Calvin really would do that would do to them. That's kind of scary to think. But if we can just try to limit Julio Jones in that Matt Ryan's offense, then I think we can come up with a win, but it is going to be close. I mean, when I was looking at the Eagles defense in the first half and the Eagles defense in the second half, you could see that there was a significant difference. And that significant difference was that the number two corner for the Philadelphia Eagles was not Rizal Douglas, but it was Sidney Jones. And it seemed like Sidney Jones looked pretty, pretty good. And I'm actually really confident of what Jim Schwartz is planning with Julio Jones because I feel like what they're going to do is they're going to put Ronald, not just Ronald Darby, but they're going to do something what, similar to what they did with Odell Beckham Jr., which helps the Eagles stop him more than other teams is that they have that safety help. So you're not just focusing, not just, it's not a one-on-one, it's basically a two-on-one. So you have Ronald Darby covering him, but also have that safety, whether it's Roddy McLeod or Malcolm Jenkins, depending on the situation. Now, you're talking about Muhammad Sanu. I think Sidney Jones will be capable of shutting him down, considering how he performed in the last game. But what I'm thinking about, really, is the slot corner position. Is Avante Maddox or Razul Douglas going to show up? Because I don't think neither of them really did that much in the corner position. I feel like Avante Maddox 
is a better safety than he is a corner so far that I've seen from him. But I feel like Avante Maddox, I feel like he, he there's a good chance that he can come back after his poor performance against the Redskins and ball out against probably Calvin Ridley in the slot. I want to see it, and I think that he's definitely up to the task. Added on to what you said, I definitely think Ronald, not Ronald Darby, but Russell Douglas is definitely his safety. He's too slow for the corner position. He got burnt twice, I think, and one was a, um, no. I think he got burnt once, and then the other one was on someone else. But he just too slow for a corner, too slow for that position. I think he's a good tackling corner, which fits the safety role better. So it we can't afford that against Kyle Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, and Julio Jones. And I think that's why Russell Douglas is not starting, which um, is a good thing for us that Russell Douglas is not starting. But if Avante Maddox, Ronald Darby can you know, hold down the outside. I think, like you said, Sidney Jones is a really good slot corner. And if they just lock down the outside, which is Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones with Calvin Ridley in the slot, I think we can potentially win this one. I think we're going to win this one, but it's going to take a lot. It's going to take probably a turnover, probably a special teams play, something like that. Because this Falcons team, we can't afford to make the same mistakes we made last week against this Falcons team. True. All right, moving on to our next topic of today. We're going to be moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers with Charles Barkley recently getting a statue at the Sixers training facility in Camden, New Jersey. Andre, do you think that he did, not that rather he deserved it, but do you think that was a great move by the Sixers? I think it was, but I want to see, I want to see what you say first. I want you to go first on this one. Because I have a different opinion. All right, so I I'm too young to actually have witnessed Charles Charles Barkley play for the Sixers. I think it was a a great decision, and I'm I'm not sure if he played um more seasons for the Sixers or the Suns. But what I've always been concerned about this is probably just me and not realizing it. But which team would you say? I just don't know which team was, you know, his, that team that he would associate with more. Yeah, that's what, that's what the Sixers. Like, like, I can't tell that, tell, because both numbers, he has two numbers retired, right, for both the Sixers and the Suns, right? Of course, he, now he has that statue, which I'm not sure he has with the Suns, but also, you could say that, because remember, he got to the championship with the Suns, and he got in Western Conference, got to the Western Conference, to the, no, not the, the NBA Finals, which I don't think, which the Suns haven't really been there that much beside without Charles Barkley. So I'm not, that's, that's the only thing. I think he definitely deserves it. I didn't really listen to the press conference or anything like that. So, but I, I'm not sure which team he'd more associate with. So that's the only thing why I'm a little bit confused. But I think he definitely deserves it for what he did for Philadelphia. So yeah. What about you, Andre? What do you think? Well, hmm, give me a second. All right, well, Barkley, he was drafted by the Sixers. So he might say that he might represent the Sixers more than the Suns. And he has had a good career um, with MVP, 11 All-NBA nods, 11 All-Star teams. That's really good. And his best seasons were with the Sixers. Like you said, I'm I'm too young to actually witness him. 
but the stats back the stats back it up, and I think he's I think he will like represent Philly when he someone asks him about his career in the NBA. He I think he'll represent Philly more than the Suns, and I think that's all that matters. He embraced us, so I think that's all that matters. Also, I'm gonna. This is a follow up question. Who would you say is the best Philadelphia 76er of all time? With Charles Barkley recently getting the statue. That's a good question. That's a question. That's a good question. You have um, Wilt Chamberlain, obviously. You have Allen Iverson, obviously. Allen Iverson was probably our most. Um, I don't know. What was the what do you like our most entertaining player? I guess you would say. Um, you also yeah. have you also have Moses Malone. Um, the great most belong. I think he passed away actually. So, rest in peace to him. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's Will Chamberlain. I would say Will Chamberlain. I this 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 is a hard question because are we talking about career in general or is it their tenure with the Sixers? If you see yeah, what I'm that's true. That's true. Because Will Chamberlain, I think he he played most of his seasons. With the yes, a team in Philadelphia, but also with the Sixers. So most of it, his a hundred point game, right? It doesn't go under the Sixers' record. It goes under the Golden State Warriors' record. That it, it was Will Chamberlain on the Golden State Warriors. I mean, yes, we honor it, and not the Warriors, which is kind of weird. And yeah, I feel like the Sixers have taken that represent have rep, been the representative of Will Chamberlain more than the Golden State Warriors. And that Will Chamberlain's not here to pick one of those two teams. But beca- and because of that, because the Sixers are the ones that, are, that honor Will Chamberlain, that's why I'm going to say that the best six of all time, like you said, is Will Chamberlain. Well, you kind of, like with that question, you kind of interested me because you said um, it doesn't just matter about the overall career. It matters the tenure with the, with the um, Sixers. The team, yeah. And... If you're talking about that, you can make a strong case for an Allen Iverson. Now, of course, he didn't really do much with us. He didn't win anything. Win a championship. But you also yeah. have to realize that that's mostly... You have to blame that, in this case, on Billy King. Yeah. That I would blame that. Not on AI, not on the, not on our head coach, not on the Kevin Matumbo, not on, on, not on Aaron McKee. I would blame it on Billy King because he had a generational talent in Allen Iverson, which they drafted him with the first pick in the draft, and they decided not to give him that much help. Like, depth from the bench. Like, they, they... I mean, I can name three players from that team, but I understand that Aaron McKee was that sixth man, but who was the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, you know? So that Allen Iverson can have more. Because you see teams in the NBA, the teams... In the NBA, don't just have those one players. They have players coming off the bench, right? Or you have Kawhi Leonard or LeBron yeah. James. One of those two. One of those two. Yeah, I just want to say one thing, more thing about that before we end off. But end off with this topic. But just like it's similar to LeBron James, Michael Jordan, because people tend to acknowledge and you know give the title to the oldest player first so for example in the Sixers case you would say well Chandler is the best Sixer because he's older of course he won the championship which is fair but I feel like people would associate that title with the oldest player because out of respect and 
I don't. I mean, I, like I said, you can make a strong case for Allen Iverson. And going back to Michael Jordan and LeBron James thing, I think a lot of people say Michael Jordan because he just the older, and people say out of respect. So, but I do think there's a strong case for Allen Iverson still. But I would say agree with you, and that Will Chamberlain is the best sixer of all time. All right, let's move on to our final topic of today. The Phillies are currently sitting two and a half games in for the wild card spot. So, Andre, with only a couple of games left in the season, do you think the Philadelphia Phillies will make the playoffs? Well, we're going to have to have a good record. I don't know the exact record, but we're going to have to win a lot of games to do this. And the thing is, have we seen... Because we're gonna have to go on a like a big stretch for the the Phillies to make the playoffs, and we haven't seen we haven't seen the Phillies go on, on like a huge stretch. They've done it for like four games or five games, but after that, it ended. So we have yet to see the Phillies go on a big stretch, and I don't know if we can see that at the end of the year when we haven't been proving that yet. But I just want to say, J.T. Romito, he's probably the best catcher in the MLB. Man, he's he's looking like. Our closer. He's looking like one of our best players right now. And man, I just want to say props to JT Realmuto. He's he's keeping up hang, hanging in there. But I also want to say Aaron Nola and that um that series, uh I forgot the team it was against. I think it was the uh what team did we just face in that series? Do you know? Braves? Was it the I think it was before that. Yeah, because we played the Red Sox. Okay, yeah, we do play the Red. Okay, yeah, it was against the Braves. I just want to say I was disappointed by Aaron Nola. I don't know the exact stats, but he, I expected him because I'm really tired of Hector and um and all those other pitchers who really just not up to Aaron, like not up to a regular pitching staff standards for a good team in MLB. And I thought when Aaron Nola would come in that, that he would get us over the hump, but his pitching wasn't that good. And it was a part of why we lost that Brave series. But if we can go on the stretch, I think we can make the playoffs, but I don't see it happening. I don't think we'll make the playoffs. There is a possibility that we make the playoffs, A, because we're not eliminating from playoff contention, but also what you have to realize, there's one team in front of us. There are two teams in front of us to get that last wild card spot. It's the Chicago Cubs and the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers... Their best player is not coming back, right? So there's a good chance that the Phillies, they're one and a half games behind the Brewers right now. So all they have to do, theoretically, we also, I think that there's a good chance that we pass the Brewers. But the biggest test is if we can pass the Cubs and get that last wild card spot. And all that depends on, because it seems like our, like our, our batters are good, which has been a consistent problem in recent years. But now, the problem is, is that my, Matt Plentak didn't do anything during the trade deadline to get a pitcher. I don't understand why the Philadelphia Phillies understand, think that Vince Velasquez is a good enough pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies to be a starter on a World Series contending team. I'm not saying that they, but because. And he's just one of the problems. Ariad hasn't been playing that well, right? Our bullpen hasn't played well at all. And all the Phillies got, I believe, was Corey Dickerson. I'm not saying that Corey Dickerson was, he was good for us. 
We needed that left fielder. I think he was great. But we needed something. We needed more. We, I just feel like Klintak set us up to, to fail. I don't understand why he believed that we were in the, a perfect position to win a World Series with this team. Yeah, I don't know either. While we, weren't get, while we didn't get anything, the Astros have two aces on their team. They have Verlander and they have Granky now that they just traded for, right? Now, I understand. People were talking about us getting Bumgarner. I think that that would have been much better situation that we're in and the hole that we are digging ourselves into. But it, I just don't believe in our pitching, and that is why I don't think that this year. But if we can get some sort of pitching next this offseason, I feel like we will be in a perfect position to contend. But until that, but if that does not happen, we will be stuck in the same hole that we have been in for the past couple of years, and that is missing the playoffs. Adding on a bit to your uh, take, Anyone that says Gabe Kapler is to blame for this Philly season, that's just, in my opinion, that's a lazy take because, like you said, Matt Klintak, he thought that we were set up to make a deep run to the playoffs and potentially World Series. And this Phillies team was just not set for that. And we came into we came into the season believing that with getting Bryce Harper, but that's not that wasn't true. And Gabe Kapler is not it's not Gabe Kapler's fault. Now he has made some bad mistakes this season but it's just the talent on this Phillies team is just not enough specifically with the pitching staff so I think next season we're going to have to have a big free agency get some get um some pitchers strengthen our pitching staff in order to make the playoffs next year but I'm out on the Phillies this year I don't think we make the playoffs this year I'm just looking forward to next season and the thing is that I'm not sure if we traded all of these prospects, but we had a lot of talented pitching prospects in the minors, right? I, I'm not sure if yeah. we got rid of them already to get Real Muto and all them, but if we didn't, look into those players to get pitching or try and see how they're doing and bring them up. Because I feel like those pitchers would do better than some of the pitchers that we have right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, I think that's it for the AM show today. Is there anything else you want to add to any topic, Miles? I don't think so. I, I, hopefully the Eagles can get the dub tomorrow yep. night at 20 on NBC. Yeah, go Birds. Fly goes fly. I can't wait uh, to see if that Deshaun Jackson and Carson Wentz combo strengthens and continues from last week. But that's it for the AM show today. Thanks everyone for watching. And it's from me, Andre Monroe, and Miles. We're out. <laughs>